Welcome into the Talking Tide podcast. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. I'm joined by Jay Travis Ryer, the daily radio host of Southern Fried Sports, which you can catch at 100.9 FM in Tuscaloosa weekdays, 11 to noon. You can also find Travis at BamaOnline.com, where he's been for a long time, the senior analyst there. Uh, the Talking Tide podcast uh, brought to you on our web host at Podbean.com, also available various apps including iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. The Twitter feed, Talking underscore Tide, and we uh, certainly want to thank our friends at North River Dental Associates, Heat Pizza Bar, and Southern Ale House uh, for keeping us around. A lot to get into on this edition of Talking Tide, primarily, of course, the men's basketball team, Travis, uh, coming off of a uh, overtime loss on the road at Auburn. This team is uh, falling to five and six now in SEC play. Uh, we haven't uh, potted in a while; been a couple of weeks, so we got some. I guess we got a little bit of catch up to do. But we'll start, of course, with uh, the most recent tip uh, that uh, started out very poorly for Alabama. Travis, I think a 16-0 Auburn lead to open yeah. things up, and uh, uh, they make an overtime run that falls short. They did, and I'll give Alabama credit, Chase, because it was a nightmare of a start to that game Wednesday night at Auburn Arena. You, you, you draw up scenarios of how things probably need to go for Alabama to have a chance to win that game. 16 to nothing deficit wasn't one of them. That was certainly less than ideal, but Alabama stuck to the plan, which was obviously to shoot a lot of threes to the tune of an SEC record 59 three-point attempts in the game, an SEC record 22 makes. Alabama uh, wins the three-point battle over Auburn by 15 threes in the game. I, I, I would, I would, I would challenge you. To, to go to any game in, in college basketball history and show me one in which a team made 15 more threes than its opponent and lost. But that was the case Wednesday night, and in large part because the other side of that is Auburn was so devastatingly effective in the paint, on the glass. Uh, two totally different sort of approaches. Uh, but again, I give Alabama a lot of credit. It, it would have been easy at 16 to nothing to kind of fold up. Uh, that didn't happen. I thought you saw some more maturity from this Alabama team. It was good to see Herb Jones back, even in a limited role. That helped in the in the limited minutes he was out there from a defensive perspective. But uh, just a little bit short on a night, uh, again, where you make 22 threes in a game. Uh, Nate Oates, uh, he's going he's gonna to burn or swim on this ship, burn or sail. <laughs> On this ship, for sure. I mean, 59 three-pointers. Look, no coach walks in and sits down post-game and says, we shot too many threes. If you think too many threes are going up, you fix that in the timeouts. He obviously never did. This is how he wanted to play this basketball game. And and uh, they average in the neighborhood of 30, so they doubled that. So, obviously, it's part of the ba- part of the game plan. But you also wonder, Travis, if we're going to start seeing 40 on a regular basis. I mean, is it, yeah. is, is it was it more than just the plan for this game, I wonder? I think part of it, too, is, man, you get down 16-0, right? That kind of puts you in a tough spot right out the gate. That probably accentuates uh, the yeah. the thought process in terms of getting up more shots from the perimeter. And, again, Austin Wiley was just a grown man in the post and on the glass, 18.17 rebounds. For the Auburn big man, he had seven offensive boards, I want to say, in the first 10 minutes of the game. 
So that was almost a, 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 a no contest uh, in that in that perspective. And I know people say, and even even Nate Oates in the aftermath has said, you know, we got to get more post touches. And and I think he I think he wants to do that. I think he also understands that he doesn't have Michael Ansley to throw it to down there, or Melvin Cheatham, or Robert Ory, or one of these guys that you can throw it to the block to. They just don't have that right now. They're their post that is, you know, most productive for them is a three-point shooter, Alex Reese. Uh, he's a po- he's a perimeter shooter, is what Alex Reese really is. So they're just not built in a way right now uh, against a team that can legitimately bust you up in the paint, like Auburn on Wednesday night, and like what they're going to see from LSU on Saturday, that they can afford to come up with empty possessions. And right now, Chase, if we're being totally honest. If you throw the ball or attempt to throw the ball into the paint here, um, it's it, it largely going to be empty possessions. That That's what it's going to be now. You know, you pay a price, too, when you don't do that from a free throw shooting perspective. And that was a big discrepancy in this game Wednesday night. Auburn with 39 trips to the line, Alabama, which is 16. You know, when Nate Oates was – let's take you back, Travis. Now, when Nate Oates was hired and, and the word was, oh, he's, he's going to come in here and, and just run guards up and down the floor. Okay, fine. I get it. That's the new way to play. I made the comment at the time, you still got to in – in this in the SEC, you still got to have a wide body four, you know, who's, who's going who's gonna to put up a fight when, when, when a fight needs to be put up under the rim. Mm-hmm. And uh, Nate Oates was – asked about that preseason by a reporter and he made some snarky comment like it's not it's not 1985 anymore well uh, I, I if if I was uh I'll put it this way um he's been getting whipped on the boards for two weeks because he ain't got one of those guys okay and I'm not saying you got to start him I'm not saying that you got to have a guy like that playing 33 minutes but you better have one on the roster and yeah. he well and, and and he might chase but James Rojas has been out all season the junior college transfer. That's what that's what we still don't know. And and I agree with you. And look, you know, last Saturday at Georgia, JV and Davis, the second year post, he gives you 13 and 8. That if you can get that out of your four on a consistent basis, then you're fine with the way that Nate Oates really wants to play. But you're right, you gotta still have that sort of double double dude on a consistent basis. And Herbert Jones gives him some of that when he's healthy. You know, first time around against Auburn, he went for 14 and 12, but with Herbert limited too, that's just not what they have right now. And it, and it, it, it is, it's a, it is a problem. No doubt. You want to have that guy with, with, with uh, sharpened elbows, you know, it's almost mm-hmm. like, it's almost like the NH the NHL goon who just drops his gloves at the, at the blink yeah. of an eye and, and uh, protects that star. And, 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 and doesn't give away, <laughs> Easy dribble drives yeah. to the hoop, and you, you know? and you and you want that guy to finish with four fouls, you know, <laughs> four and a half, preferably. <laughs> <laughs> so there you go, uh, Kira Lewis Jr. Travis triple double for Alabama: ten points, ten rebounds, thirteen assists. First triple double at UA since Roy Rogers in nineteen ninety six. And Travis, I'm just going to take a wild guess that Roy didn't dish out ten dimes that night. Uh, that, that that had to have come uh, by way of the SWAT that triple double. Yeah, Roy Rubberman Rogers. Uh, he, he could block some shots back in the day, no doubt about that. And for Kyra, you know, if you're going to make 22 threes, then your point guard's probably going to have double digit assists, right? And, and that was the case on Wednesday night, uh, as you said, 
this is kind of what Alabama basketball is right now. Your point guard has 10 rebounds uh, to lead the way. And he did have 10 points. It wasn't an especially good night from the field for Kyra. Uh, Three of 13 from the field, one of five from three. But Jaden Shackelford more than picked up some of that slack. John Petty uh, getting that feeling back in terms of makes from three-point land, six of 11 from out there. So, yeah, it's something you don't see very often. In fact, I think Roy Rogers had two uh, in that 96 season when we're talking triple doubles. But uh, more of the traditional approach, no doubt about it, where Kyra's concerned. Alabama with eight turnovers on the night against Auburn Travis in a game that went 45 clock minutes, not 40, and it's on the road. Uh, mm-hmm. So a, a, a huge improvement in that respect. And it's kind of it's, – it's almost like it's been – either fantastic or terrible in that turnover column. I mean, it's it's one of the – we've seen them 20-plus in the league, uh, particularly through that stretch where Herb Jones was hurt and, they, and they've, uh, you know, had struggled so much. But remember now, at the beginning of the SEC slate, they had a stretch where they were only coughing up 10 a game for about three, four in a row, I think. Uh, so it's been, uh, it's been two completely different tales. It has, and really both teams, you, you touched on this, given the style of play on Wednesday night, how it was so up and down and frantic uh, at at times, uh, neither of these teams committed 10 turnovers. So points off turnovers, which you worry about with this Alabama team on occasion, that wasn't uh, as much of a concern. Again, the biggest discrepancies, uh, Alabama very much, uh, Alabama plus 45 from three-point land in points. Auburn, plus 30 in the paint and Auburn also when you talk about the free throw line uh, was plus 17 in free throw makes so wide ranging the the disparity between the teams in a couple of three areas but not really so much in points off turnovers little surprise at all that, that Herb Jones got back and, and into the lineup as quick as he did. Played seven minutes against Auburn, a, a pretty quick appearance. Fouled out in seven minutes, as a matter of fact. Talk about get your, getting your money's worth. Uh, but uh, uh, some kind of a cast, I guess, on the wrist, Travis. I, I, I wasn't sure when he come back. Yeah, I didn't know. Yeah. Uh, I, I, I was my, In my head, I was thinking, you know, he, he, he's you know, maybe another week or two away. Yeah, there had been some talk going into last night that perhaps on a limited basis you might see him against Texas A&M midweek next week. Uh, But then to see him check into the game, uh, it's pretty amazing. And it just speaks to, you know, that's his shooting hand too. So you know he's not going to be able to score, but it just underscores the value he brings even if he doesn't score, especially on the defensive end. And you saw that on the last play of regulation Wednesday night sort of a high ball screen situation, uh, you know, with, with, uh, Javon McCormick for Auburn on the ball. Uh, they switched the screen Alabama does. And now you got Herbert Jones on Javon McCormick and trust me, Javon McCormick did not want to see Herbert Jones in that situation because as we know, Herb is six, eight and he can guard anybody in the league pretty much. And that was a key sequence right there to, to be able to get that stop because it's a sequence in which, Last and Auburn essentially beat LSU in that same type of scenario. Javon McCormick with a runner there inside a second to go in overtime, and Auburn won the the won the basketball game in that particular setting Wednesday night. 
you had exactly what you wanted if you were Nate Oates. You had Herbert Jones on the basketball with the game on the line. Up next for Alabama, home against LSU Saturday, 3 p.m. Tip-off, that'll be on the Deuce ESPN2. Travis, how big is this one? Obviously, they've already dropped one to LSU. They managed a split against a good Auburn team. Need to get a split against LSU, too. They do. They do. Um, You know, you you get a win Saturday. That's another quad one win that you need. Your net ranking, even after the loss to Auburn, you actually moved up a spot. So you're still in pretty good shape in terms of metrics, uh, but you got to win some games here. You know, you've got seven SEC games left. Uh, if you can get a win over LSU, you got six games where I think realistically you can think in terms of a four and two finish from there. Uh, if you do that, you're looking at 18 and 13 overall, 10 and eight in the league as you head into the SEC tournament. And you're certainly well within the discussion for an NCAA tournament at large bid at that point. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and tune in the Twitter feed. Talking underscore Tide, Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer with you for just a little bit longer. We're going to thank a couple of sponsors now that help keep us around, starting with North River Dental Associates, the charter sponsor of the Talking Tide podcast. I'm going to tell you, it is the best dental experience in town. Tell you how easy it is. You're on McFarland Boulevard headed toward Northport. You dip off on Watermelon Road. Fairfax Park is right there. Always plenty of parking right by the front door. You go in, you're going to be in that waiting room just a couple of minutes typically. uh, And on a routine cleaning, they're going to have you out of there in 45 minutes or less uh, typically on a routine cleaning. And I'll tell you something else real quick about North River. If you have any kind of a minor dental emergency, a a cracked uh, filling, uh, a a loose crown, a broken tooth, whatever the case may be, well, they'll turn you around and get you in there right away. Same day, next day, that's how they roll. I haven't had a lot of those, but Travis, you've had a couple, and they've gotten you right in quick. Absolutely. Here in just the last couple weeks, I had a crown that had a, a crack or a small fracture and got in there and Dr. Jack got me taken care of in 15 minutes time in and out, no anesthesia, no need for anything like that. A quick, simple adjustment was made and I'm back on my way and feeling great. Check them out on the web, NorthRiverDentist.com to make an appointment. Again, it's North River Dental Associates at 1100 Fairfax Park. I'm going to tell you about Southern Ale House out there at 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. We're taping this pod just a little bit before Valentine's Day, so I'm giving you a little bit of a heads up. They've got that Valentine's Day menu set for you out there at uh, Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. That actually runs through... Saturday, February the 15th as well. So if you don't catch the Valentine's Day menu uh, on Friday, February the 14th, you can still get in there and take advantage of that on the 15th as well. Great stuff, as always, at Southern Ale House. Uh, Love the Yardbird Chicken Sandwich. If you're getting by there for lunch, that chopped wedge salad is always a great option if maybe you're trying to go a little bit lighter. Happy hour throughout the week is in my opinion, maybe the very best in all of Tuscaloosa. You can't beat it. Southern Ale House, 1530 McFarland Boulevard North in the Indian Hills section of Tuscaloosa. Also, Heat Pizza Bar in downtown Tuscaloosa. Uh, Frank, Will, the rest of the staff there. Nightly specials, 
that Tuesday night special of that Thai chicken pizza is a very personal favorite of mine. $7 Thai chicken pizzas on Tuesday starting at 6 o'clock. But again, any night of the week during the week, you're going to find some great specials there at Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa, at Government Plaza, bar specials as well. Catch those $2 domestics also on Tuesday night. Wine specials on Monday night, along with $6 cheese and pepperoni pizzas. Great, great stuff. Heat Pizza Bar, downtown Tuscaloosa at Government Plaza. Talking Tide podcast at podbean.com, iTunes, Google Play, Stitcher, and TuneIn. The Twitter feed, talking underscore Tide. Chase Goodbread and Travis Ryer with you. Uh, Going to flip it around, talk a little football now, Travis. A little bit of, of recent news as we podcast here uh, on a Thursday uh, a day date set uh, April 18th will be uh, the day for that a Saturday as always of course but uh, something a little different about this one than most right yeah there is because you have the ongoing construction down there at Bryant Denny Stadium so whereas you're going to still have a day on campus and at Bryant Denny Stadium you're going to have limited seating according to UA and the release on Thursday Thirty to 35,000 seats available with all of that on the east side of the stadium and in that south end zone. So you're going to have a quarterback competition. A lot of people are going to want to check out Bryce Young and Mac Jones and Talia Tonga by Aloha. So uh, probably going to have to get there a little early on April the 18th and set for a 1 o'clock start. Uh, and if you're not able to get a seat, uh, according to UA, there's going to be a uh, a showing of the scrimmage at Sewell Thomas Stadium on the big video board out there in left center field uh, at the baseball stadium. So you'll be able to do that as well. And you, you know, Alabama, Chase, w- wanted to do everything possible to keep this game uh, on campus because it, it's so much more than just the scrimmage. Uh, it's the entire weekend. You have stuff going on in Tuscaloosa, but then on Saturday itself, you got the Denny Chime ceremony for the captains for the previous season, putting their hands and their uh, cleat marks and cement there around the chimes uh, at the quad. And also for Nick Saban, it, it's a recruiting opportunity. And, uh, you know, and, and so you, you almost have to do this logistically with all with everything involved in addition to the scrimmage. Uh, it, it almost has to happen uh, at UA. I would think the construction crew will be completely out of there for A-Day and maybe even that whole weekend, Travis. But but if they weren't, what would the over-under be on that army of construction workers on how many nuts and screws and bolts they'd get done uh, uh, during A-Day? <laughs> I'm not sure. the produ- I think the production would fall off a little bit, wouldn't it? Yeah, yeah, just a little bit. You know, I don't think that, that press box, that, that you know, there's a new press box going in. At Bryant Denny. So the boys and girls in the media, from what I understand, they may be sitting in the bleachers at A Day, huh? Could be scorching. The scorching fan, per- yeah. fan perspective <laughs> for uh, the media on April the 18th. Well, yeah, a lot of reporters, and, and I'll certainly count myself uh, in the group, a lot of re- reporters are a little too pale skinned, you know? So, uh, <laughs> might be some. A lot of us, a lot of us could afford to walk those stadium steps, too, you know? <laughs> no question about that. Uh, yeah. Uh, but I'm predicting a few sunburns, maybe, for the boys. <laughs> Bad ones. Yeah. Yeah, a few of them may even be sweating profusely after that Friday night out, you know, and you put them in those bleachers, you know. <laughs> they better wear some caps yeah. or something, you know. 
Ten Alabama players get invitations to the Combine. No huge surprises uh, there, pretty much uh, what you would expect. Jared Maiden, I guess, did not uh, make that cut. Uh, Shyam Carter did, though, uh, uh-huh. and uh, up the scale it went. To a tongue of a low, I guess, some news there as well, Travis. Uh, the three-month checkup for him, a CT scan, uh, apparently, reportedly, uh, the fracture has healed in that hip. Big news for him. Absolutely. Uh, your guy, Ian Rappaport there, your cohort at NFL.com with some of that news earlier in the week. And it just seems like, Chase, every time Tua passes one of these mile markers uh, in encouraging fashion, yeah, there, there's going to be more rumblings about you know how far up does he continue to climb potentially, Chase, in this 2020 NFL draft. I'll tell you. Um, I don't, I'm not sure I can think of anybody who's gone to the combine with more on the line and more discuss, more frequently discussed than, than a medical situation as Tua is going to the combine with, to get this hip checked. Uh, and, and to your point, at the end of the day, the guy is going in the first round and it might be awfully high. Uh, mm-hmm. and, and so there's uh there's that but it's gonna it's gonna be the most talked about thing in in indianapolis not only on the day that the quarterbacks go to the hospital but every day there won't be there won't be a topic there that's 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 bigger i don't think um you talk about a guy that that understands what the spotlight feels like uh to a he's he, he comes to Alabama, which is a, pr- probably the, the hottest cauldron in, in, in college football, to play the position that's the hottest cauldron of all positions. Uh, plays in a national championship game, you know, wins it over Georgia. Talk about a spotlight there. Uh, tank for Tua, the preseason stuff, you know, it, it's just, I don't know. I mean, I mean the, guy's, the guy could go to uh, – you know, New York, L.A., one of these markets where, where the pressure is, is really amped up, he wouldn't feel a lick of it. No, Miami won't be a problem for him at all if he ends up in South Florida uh, as one of those potential destinations. But that new quarterback fever, that new quarterback fever, and it's not just limited to bad teams. There's some teams out there that feel like they're on the verge of being – the next Kansas City Chiefs, maybe, or a team like that. And if they can get the right guy at quarterback, uh, and perhaps even teams that are playoff caliber right now that are lacking a little bit behind center, and what they might be willing to do to get up into that top five, it's going to be, you're right, it's going to be the storyline as we move throughout this entire draft process, no doubt. Yeah, and and even... even the good teams, even the teams with good quarterbacks, hey, if a guy slides far enough, they'll, yep. burn, they'll burn a first-rounder on that guy too, even knowing it's a total groom job out, out of the gate. And, of course, the classic example of that is when the Packers spent a first-round pick on Aaron Rodgers when Brett Favre was still throwing the ball just fine. He was old, but he was still very effective. And, yep. and they said, uh, well, we're, gonna, we're just going to set one right behind the other, and look how that turned out. Well, you're the Jacksonville Jaguars, and you're sitting there with Nick Foles and Gardner Minshew. Uh, and if the if the updates continue to be extremely encouraging with Tua, and you've got some collateral because you've got multiple first-round picks for the next couple of years, are you enticed maybe to go up a few more spots from that number nine spot in this draft? 
And uh, maybe you even make a, a run at Tua Tonga Bailo. Who knows? It's gonna be yeah. uh, it's gonna be crazy for sure. That yeah. FIBA, the FIBA, they get that FIBA, you know. Yeah. One thing about that is that they don't have to pay Minshew for a while, regardless of how he plays. Exactly. He can be the backup with the backup salary, or he can be the starter with the backup salary. The problem they've got is what they're on the hook for uh, with Foles here for that uh, the remainder of that. That was relatively a short term deal, though. It's going to do it for, it's going to be a short-term podcast today, too, Travis. <laughs> Wrapping it up right now for Travis Ryer of BamaOnline.com. I'm Chase Goodbread of NFL.com and Crimson Cover Television. Be sure to uh, join us next time. We'll be back again in uh, a week to 10 days probably to catch up on Alabama basketball and plenty more. We'll talk to you then.